Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. And with me, my partner, Eric N. Moody. You can find him on Twitter, as you can see right there at Eric N. Moody. Um, I will be doing some sharing of the screen today. Uh, We did that a little bit last time. Um, And we're going to go over the free agent moves. We'll look at uh, the ADP of some of these players, where we expect the ADP to go. Um, And we're going to give you our takes on the signings and uh, the teams. We're not going to go into every signing a team has made. Like, we're not going to focus on defense at all today. But uh, key offensive line, perhaps. uh, But mostly skill position players. Uh, We're not going to do the salary cap for now. I think what we're going to do is once we get to uh, the point where we're a a couple weeks before the draft, we can go through the salary cap and look again at ADP because ADP will change again then. Uh, So that's that's the basics of what we're going to do tonight. Uh, I'm glad to uh, welcome our friends at the FFPC. Um, they are where I'm playing most of my best ball right now. Uh, also dynasty leagues are going and, uh, they recently announced, uh, again, $500,000 up top in the football guys championship. I'm definitely going to be playing there. And when we talk about ADP for now, that's pretty much what we're going to focus on. Um, unfortunately, underdog, uh, I can't play in Pennsylvania. I found out that I could drive to Jersey, sign up, drive home, and draft. But that's a little clunky. But I, I, I will do it because I think it's important that that's a, that's a big up-and-coming site. They just signed Josh Norris to do a football show. So we will cover the other sites, but our friends over at the FFPC uh, – Right now, it's my favorite. I just made a 28th round selection in one draft, and I I, I took Kiki Kute, which I thought was a really nice. solid lat. You know, this is the time of year where you seem to get people you like late if you know the deep uh, parts of the drafts. It tightens up along a lot as we go along. Mm-hmm. If you want to jump in a draft with me, uh, follow me on Twitter at Todd from PA. I definitely post when I'm uh, jumping in a draft and you can go to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. If you don't have an account, sign up and then look for me in the best ball streets. Eric, welcome. Uh, we're old men now as part of, uh, you know, an old partnership, uh, our second episode together. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm really glad to have you. Oh, no, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Hey, it's Friday. We had a couple of days of uh, free agency news, uh, which is exciting. I know before we came on, Chris Carson resigned with the Seattle Seahawks. So lots of really, really interesting, uh, you know, players that resigned or signed with new teams to talk about. So I'm excited. Yeah. And the way we're going to do this, we decided there's a few different ways we could have done it. But we're going to go team by team, additions, key subtractions, and kind of just give quick thoughts about whether we think the teams are still looking for positions because as you're drafting, it's just as important. Uh, It's really important not to get too caught up in what is just going on now. And it's why I talk a lot about exposure and keeping your exposure in line, especially at this point, uh, because, you know, you think, well, Seattle resigned Chris Carson. They've got Penny. They're not going to draft a running back. 
Well, rationally, that makes sense. But Seattle is one of the teams that hasn't been rational always. Um, so you, you don't want to end up with 60% Chris Carson uh, early on because just because he signed and you think he's safe. So uh, those are some thoughts there. I was hoping we would have Kenny Galladay news uh, for my Giants. Um, but right as of now, he is not signed. I think, Eric, we have to start with the team that has not been big in free agency in the past, but this year they came out swinging the New England Patriots. Overall, your thoughts on what they did in free agency? I like what they did in free agency. Uh, I know they had a lot of a lot of holes that they needed to fill, especially at the tight end position. Uh, they didn't have a lot of activity there last year. You know, the fewest targets, receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, you know, from tight ends in the NFL. You know, the Jets were the next worst team when you look at our receptions and those other things. So if you look at Hunter Henry, uh, he's going to be my preferred target uh, because I know he's gotten a lot of targets. He's been very productive in the passing game. Juno Smith has been kind of more of a inline blocker, but he'll still have some opportunities to get some receptions and, and some yards and fantasy points as well. Nelson Aguilar was, was really uh, a head scratcher, you know, just given his contract. See how much they paid him. Yeah, yeah, they paid him a lot of money. Then he still had a, a number of other viable wide receivers that were out there. So and Juju went for eight yeah. million today, one year contract. Mm-hmm. And, and look, Aguilar, Aguilar played great. You know, he's one of those guys I think that we're always going to have. Uh, you know, there's always going to be that taint of what he was the first yeah. couple of years in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it might turn out to be a good decision, but. Both him and Kendrick Bourne, that that those are the two guys you want to go out on day one of free agency. Uh, I get on the Giants because often they'll overpay on day one for tier three guys. Yeah. And that just is I'm just morally opposed to that. You know, let the market settle. And, you know, only I, I would only overpay for that top end guy, you know, that top of the market guy. That's that's who I'm signing day one, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Kendrick Bourne signing was uh, surprising to a lot of people. But what I thought was interesting, if you look at some of his, uh, you know, combine uh, numbers, especially in the three-cone drill, you know, his his uh, numbers there was 6.73. It's eerily similar to, like, Julian Edelman and uh, Dion Branch. And so he's kind of like a short area quickness Belichick guy. So I think he'll surprise a lot of people. Him and Aguilar are really intriguing targets in the uh, double-digit rounds, you know, especially if FFPC drafts. It's worth taking a flyer on. Yeah, and as far as them, you know, I mean, I'm a big Janu guy. I've always had a lot of uh, Janu in my portfolio mm-hmm. because he is so talented and he can be spiky, which I love in best ball. Yes. Uh, a little less, uh, someone that I look for a little less maybe in season long. Mm-hmm. But everyone was really down on them signing both. And I think sometimes, Eric, we forget that NFL teams aren't fantasy teams. And I think what this does, both of these guys are known to be pretty good blockers for tight ends and have mm-hmm. pass casting chops. Yes. I think, you know, it opens up the field for Cam Newton because yes. now on either side you have that extra blocker. So if you're running RPOs and things of that nature, you can have an overload on the weak side on any play that you want. So from a football perspective, I like them signing two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm a little more on Janu than I am on Hunter Henry, to be honest. Hunter Henry didn't seem to have, coming back from a couple injuries, the explosion last year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why Justin Herbert didn't target him. Uh, right, but uh, I am, I am going to, you know, I think that, you know, Janu's ADP is going to stay where it was, where I was drafting a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the type of guy who is going to be streaky and a, a really good number two in uh, it, uh, uh, number two tight end. Mm-hmm. I think he's an ideal number two still. Yeah, or I think Hunter Henry's still going to be going at the back end of tight end one. Yeah, no, really good points. Obviously, Smith is going to be the uh, be the better value, but Patriots have proved in the past, and like two, you know, two tight ends can thrive in fantasy. Not exactly saying that Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, but hey, it is in the realm of possibilities. I think just to, to kind of bring all that together. Uh, I would say a, a better comparison would be in 2019 when you looked at what Zach Ertz was able to do and uh, Dallas Goddard, where I think Ertz finishes the uh, tight end two or three and uh, Goddard is the uh, tight end 10. So I can definitely see fantasy production like that from uh, Juno and uh, Hunter Henry. Yep. So um, this is the F, uh, Rotoviz uh, uh, FFPC. Uh, exposure tool and one of my favorite things to do and I've kind of set it over here from 320 to 3 uh, let's look at this again 315 to 319 so let's put in Janu and that didn't work can you see the screen okay yeah yeah I can see it so we got Janu and we got Hunter Henry Let me yeah. Let me make it a little longer. All right. So okay. you can see Hunter Henry's ADP has dropped significantly uh, since the move, right? And Janu, you had that nice move up mm-hmm. right until where Hunter Henry signed, and now you see him dropping back here. So at this at this rate, I'm going to look at Janu more than Hunter Henry. Uh, what are your thoughts, Eric? Now, I, I do agree with you because they are both going to get opportunities, you know, considering the contracts that they sign. But it's just when you look at like from a, a value lens, I'm like, if you can wait and get Juno as opposed to Hunter Henry. Is I'm, it I'm Juno gonna, or is it Janu? I, I don't know. You, I'm, I'm assuming okay. you're, you're probably right. I, I feel like I'm butchering it. So I just thought that. So the other, the other thing that I want to mention to anyone listening is uh, we we will take comments if you want to jump in. I posted on Twitter. Uh, you know, I I don't expect too many as we start to build this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some nice things coming up uh, next week. We've got Michael Dubner from Rotoviz coming on, and we're going to talk about Spike Weeks with him. Uh, I'm not, sh- uh, and then I think we'll bring Shane Hallam back, uh, Eric, uh, mm-hmm. next week for the other half of the rookies' positions. Nice. Following week or the week after, Scott Barrett will be joining us. He put f- uh, forth the whole best ball thing. Uh, did you get the link to the article that I sent you? Uh, yes, I did. Thank yeah, you for so that. We're, yeah, I went through that. There's some good stuff in there. We'll be going over that. Um, and uh, if you guys have any suggestions for guests, uh, we're always open here to bring in on the best guests in the industry to discuss best ball mm-hmm. and a time season long. So let's go back to the Patriots. We talked about 
um, the other guys, gun to your head, do you think Cam Newton's the starting quarterback this year? I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I And I think his ADP, if we look at it, So he had a, a big upswing after he was signed. I guess they put an X marks the spot for the day he signed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty yeah, cool that's if that's what it is. It looks like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, his ADP is still in the 160s on FFPC. And when you look at the quarterback position, only the quarterback's and quarterbacks have been going two to three rounds earlier this year. Well, we'll, we'll we're going to get into that at some point. And of course, this is going to take a while now. <laughs> that's that. That's what always happens. Oh, I see. Let me. Yeah, and just while you're doing that, now I, I really like Cam as a uh, like as a late round quarterback option. You know, some people may have uh, or be looking through the rearview mirror when considering drafting him. But with these receiving weapons that he has. Another year, you know, in Belichick's offense, you know, with that team, I think he's positioned for, you know, for late round, you know, QB one value, at least in my opinion. Yeah, but, and it's unfortunate that this thing has taken uh, its good, sweet time re- reopening. Doesn't seem like it wants to. Yeah, not a problem. But um, you know, Cam, last I looked, was going, you know. Close to 20. This is frustrating. So now it wants to do that. Yeah, you know, they're, they're doing what they can to surround him with, at least with weapons. I know it's probably tough for Belichick to, you know, watch Tom Brady leave, go to the Buccaneers, you know, win a Super Bowl. But then they leaned so heavily on, on the running game last year, which I know they'll still lean on the running game this year, but I think they're definitely going to pass uh, pass more uh, with these weapons that they've added on. Um I think something else to consider too, with uh, like with Cam, is uh, just his overall, you know, body of work. You know, if you look at last season, it was really a down year for him. But if you look at you know the previous seasons that he's had, I'm like he's finished as a QB one and like very high percentage of his games. So he's got the potential, you know, there to do it. When you look at his rushing upside, rushing yards, I'm like he's a he's a complete. He's package. always had spike weeks, mm-hmm. and he's he's going off at number twenty seven. And he's going to have a, a rushing floor uh, uh, most weeks. And, and look, if you need Cam Newton to be your, your number one or your number two, you probably aren't winning a best ball. But, you know, as I always talk about, I especially like spike weeks for my number three guy. Or if I have spikier quarterbacks earlier, then, you know, but when you look at Jared Goff in Detroit or Garoppolo or Wilson, I, I, I think Cam is very viable there. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And then um, that's pretty much it for the Patriots. Um, any other comments on on, on uh, what they've done? Um, I, I, you know, I, they still have some draft picks, uh, but it wouldn't shock me if they went defense uh, or often they re-signed David Andrews. Um, they re-signed Thune, did they, or did he go to Kansas City? I think he went to Kansas City. KC. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't really have any other uh, any other thoughts. I could see them getting a quarterback uh, just given the structure of Newton's contract, but yeah, looking forward to diving in some of these other teams. So, yep, uh, let's move over to the Washington football team, who has traditionally just been awful in uh, as a, <laughs> as a, as an organization. Uh, mm-hmm. Their owner is still awful, but uh, we won't go there. But I like what they've done, bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I am a a big Terry McLaurin fan. Yes. um, And I want to check what his ADP and Curtis Samuel's ADP is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But your take on that offense with with, uh, the addition of Curtis Samuel and Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I, I love it. I said the Curtis Samuel signing was one of my favorites of free agency thus far. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, if you get a, a very competent quarterback, lots of experience, statistical body of work is good on the many teams that he's played for. He does elevate uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, the wide receiver one status. You know, he has the potential to see 140 or more targets. Curtis Samuel is more of an upside wide receiver three when you look at his rushing upside. But it also helps Logan Thomas, too, who can be viewed as a low-end tight end one, in my opinion. Just to bring all that together. Yeah, I'm like, it. Fitzpatrick, I'm like, he's finished as a QB2 or better in 77% of his games since 2010. Yep, I, I agree. Um, this time I'm getting the charting up while before I get it going. And uh, now let me... No, that's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll kind of fill in some gaps while you're uh, you know while you're getting that loaded up. Uh, you know, you've got Samuel. You know, he's got that rushing ability. Oh, uh, I know what I wanted to ask oh, you, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah, on Twitter there was a big argument today mm-hmm. about um, whether you know that they didn't use Curtis Samuel right in Carolina, and it's the same people. And mm-hmm. I responded that Scott Turner's not his dad, and Scott only had a couple days with Samuel. Mm-hmm. And I personally think, you know, they used him uh, with more of a downfield presence, but who's to say that they won't do both uh, now that they've gotten him here? Yeah, no, I, I think it, it's some truth to that because you don't want to assume that NFL coaches, players, like they're, they're not going to evolve. It, it's pretty streamlined for me. You look at what he was able to do last year. It's on film. It's like, hey, we could do a little bit of that. We can do even more, too. So uh, I totally agree with you there. Yep. And you can see that um, the Fitzpatrick signing has moved up Terry McLaurin as I thought it would. Yes. Um, He's inside, you know, you're probably going to start seeing him go round three, it looks like. And Mm -hmm. Curtis Samuel was such a bargain. He started heading up. Uh, I think it's something we're going to have to check back in on in the next couple weeks. Um, and this is a pretty cool, cool thing. It's uh, ADP risers and fallers. Yeah. And um, it gives you, so you see that Cam is and Fitz are both guys who've moved up the most. Anthony yeah. Ferker, Ferkser, I, I, I don't remember that Gotskowski signed. Uh, and then Andy Dalton's had, um, is gone up. Mac Jones, Drew Locke, Damian Williams, Todd Gurley, and Marcus Mariota have all gone down. Yeah. So I, this is a, a pretty cool chart as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's move over to uh, any thoughts on um, – any other thoughts? Do you think they're going to still look to add weapons here? I think they're pretty good on offense as far as the skill positions now. 
Yeah, especially with the addition of Samuel, they they are in uh, in pretty good shape. You know, they've got Antonio Gibson that's there, who's well positioned to take a step forward as RB two, high in RB two at this point. Uh, I just think they'll end up adding some additional pieces uh, on defense, continue to fortify the offensive line. They just have a lot of young players there on defense. So I'm sure they want to try to capitalize, uh, you know, within this window. All right, let's go to the Jets and Corey Davis uh, signing. Uh, Kind of mixed take by people on Twitter. Eric, what is your thoughts on the contract and bringing Corey Davis in to be a number one? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that because you know they did pay him a lot of guaranteed money, and so that suggests we'll see a steady Less dose than of targets. Aguilar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Aguilar one everyone's been talking about that, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't have a problem with the contract and then bringing them on. They have Denzel Mims, that's there, Jameson Crowder. You know, Davis had a career year last season uh, with his receiving yards. You know, his catch percentage is really high. Uh, from a fantasy lens, you know, I think he can be a solid wide receiver three with upside, just depending on how the Jets handle the, the quarterback situation. Will Darnold come back? I know a week or so ago it was all about Deshaun Watson. I, I know obviously some off-the-field things going on with him that could jeopardize that deal. And I so, don't know if the Jets are going to be able to massage that deal. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll be able to. I just think they're personally they're going to end up uh, moving that was forward a joke, with Darnold. By the way. Oh, the but the Jets. I, I no, didn't catch massage it. the deal. Oh, I, I didn't catch that. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. We we may hear from about that in the comments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, so that, I was sitting there. I was I was putting connecting the dots in my head. It just kind of totally totally. You'll get you'll get used yeah. to those. You know, yeah. I, I'm well pretty played. I'm pretty known for those the puns and the <laughs> play on words and you know everyone and and of course a lot of times it goes over people's head and this is the first time that people have actually been able to see the reaction <laughs> rather than just hear it. Yeah, but with Corey Davis, no, I, I like the addition. I, I'm personally one that's uh, that's high high on him with the opportunity that he has, just considering the other pieces that are around him. Yep, and um, I, they also added Keelan Cole and mm-hmm. Tyler Croft uh, signed today. I think Keelan Cole is great depth. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the Jets have had some injuries. They were linked to Juju. Uh, mm-hmm. A little disappointed they didn't get that done. I, I, yeah. I, I know it would have meant uh, – Jamison Crowder may be going away, but, uh, I, you know, I still think I, I was really disappointed about Juju resigning with Pittsburgh. I wanted to see what would happen with Claypool and Deontay Johnson without uh, yeah. him. Um, but um, it is what it is. Uh, you know, he, he, when you have a talented guy like that, uh, and there's been some questions about his motivation uh, and and the things that he's interested in, and when he's playing – at a high level, and then it drops two seasons in a row. Uh, he ended up back in Pittsburgh on a one-year prove-it deal. Your thoughts there? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not ideal, uh, but my assumption is that he takes that deal with Pittsburgh. You know, he's got Big Ben that's there. He knows the scheme. You know, he's he's betting on himself. You know, have a monster season. Try to get a payday this time next year. That that was kind of my take on it. But as far as uh, from a fantasy lens. I uh, I like it. You know, it, it elevates you know Ben Roethlisberger's ceiling. Uh, I think it's it's really good for Juju and Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I just want to see Juju stay strictly from the running running uh, from the slot. And I think by doing that, he's going to be in a position to have a really a uh, really good season. All right. Um, 
we talked about Chris Carson going back in C- to Seattle. Um, I thought that the Steelers, while we're on the Steelers, I would have thought that he would have been a real, um, a really great guy to have. And the Steelers, look, they could add, uh, obviously, they could add uh, someone in uh, the draft at the running back position. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, I, and I'm going to get this up and then switch over, um, Anthony McFarland and ben- Benjamin Snell are basically free in drafts right now. Yes. Uh, oh, we're going to, you know, and I've had one draft where I drafted both of them. I have no problem doing no. that. Very nice. Uh, that late, um, if they don't, even if they if they don't add someone in the first or second round, you know, McFarland has a pretty. Both of them have pretty good draft capital. You bring in someone in the third, fourth, fifth round. There's no guarantee that guy is even going to see the field year one, and it could be McFarland and Snell splitting the duty. Um, I am a. I like McFarland coming out. I thought he was pretty explosive and Snell. Looked mm-hmm. a little thinner last year, a little more explosive himself. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd be perfectly fine. I'm like, if the Steelers move forward, you know, with Snell and McFarland, you know, the former running back by committee. I do like both of them, uh, you know, from a fantasy lens. It's one of those scenarios for where if I'm in drafts and I want a piece of that backfield, I'm just going to prioritize and target the the one that's the last man standing, so to speak. You know, I'm also very high on, on both of those players. Yeah, and when you look over here and you see, um, you know, right around 240, and because there hasn't been any news, you're starting to see McFarland move a little, Snell move very little. But mm-hmm. look, you know, yeah, pick 240 to pick 280, I mean, what do you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on back to... My Giants. Um, still no word on Kenny Galladay. John Ross, I thought, was a very good signing. Yes. You know, get, getting a former number one for $4 million. But I I was just gobsmacked. I like Kyle Rudolph as a player, but it's it's just peak Dave Gettleman to, <laughs> to, to, to pay $6 million for Kyle, 31-year-old Kyle Rudolph. I mean, with a team with cap issues, this is why they're mediocre constantly because he doesn't maximize his his cap and he doesn't maximize his draft capital uh would you agree with that i do my, my initial thought was like you know gettleman's so bad you know the the owner should put him on a performance improvement plan some of his decision making but no I, I i do like um like john ross quite a bit to your point you get a number nine overall pick you know for the 2017 nfl draft he hasn't lived up to his lofty draft status yet, but you look at his career. He's played in 27 games, has 51 receptions uh, for 733 yards and 10 touchdowns. Everyone knows him for that phenomenal 40-yard dash at the Combine. But he's a vertical threat and I think a very viable bounce-back candidate uh, with the Giants. Kyle Rudolph, to your point, overpaid. you got Evan Ingram that's there. Really no fantasy value with Kyle Rudolph unless Evan Ingram misses time or is somehow traded. So that's my take. And it wouldn't shock me if they did trade Engram. Uh, mm-hmm. The Giants and Gettleman have a history of trading talented people who they just don't trust. You know, yeah. they've got that old-fashioned mindset. 
and uh, and I mean that in kind of all the wrong ways, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I, you hate to point to that, but uh, you know, it just does seem very odd. But and you know, Jason Garrett is, is again. It's just hard, you know, as a Giant fan, it's hard to get excited. You've got this seam splitter in Bobby Engram, and he had him using late career Jason Witten routes last year. Um, it, you know, and then they, they look at him and say he didn't have a good year. I, I just, you know, uh, the, the coaching has not been up to snuff. Yeah. Then then you have to watch the press conferences and deal with uh, Jason Garrett, you know, with, with him speaking. It's like, hey, I've got to tell you, I'm really proud about the activity I've seen from this football team. All three facets of the game. Offense. Yeah. Defense. Special teams. Yeah. So you go have fun with that. I, I've, I've dealt with him. Are you down a Cowboys fan? I'm, I'm, I watch the Cowboys, but I'm, I'm a diehard uh, Saints fan. Oh. Uh, but since I live in Dallas, very familiar with the Cowboys and, and I've I've watched way too many Jason Garrett press conferences, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of those ones like in the movies where they force your eyes open. Yeah, clockwork and, orange. And, 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 and yet, yeah, <laughs> watching Jason Garrett on a loop. Um, so let's go to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, the biggest news is that Drew Brees retired. And I think the biggest question is what is – what are they going to do? And I know a few guys who are drafting Taysom Hill and Winston together. <clears throat> but, I, I, you know, I don't know that I like that as a second and third quarterback simply because there is, you know, if they took Drew, peak, you know, he was still peak Drew Brees when they drafted Taysom Hill. Yeah. And they brought Taysom Hill in to run goal line with Drew Brees. Why wouldn't they do that? Even if uh, – I, I think Taysom Hill is the better bet, um, but I, I think I want a little bit of Winston and I want a, 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 a more of Taysom Hill because I think that A, Taysom could win the job, and B, I don't know that I love Winston's upside, you know, and, and I, I, I just don't trust Jameis Winston. I, I You know, I, I don't know that with, with Hill there, if he – throws four interceptions one day that Taysom Hill's not, even if he wins the job coming out of camp, I, mm-hmm. I, I find him hard to trust with Hill there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, my, my personal uh, thoughts is that Winston will end up winning, winning the job. Uh, just being very familiar with the saints. I'm like, you know, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks can really thrive in uh, Sean Payton's scheme. And I think it helps Winston that, you know, he was there last year. So he's going to have a, a full off season, you know, with the team. And I think one reason why they went with Hill last year is because, you know, Winston at that point hadn't even been with the team for a year. It was a weird off season with COVID. True. And so I was sitting there thinking, okay, hey, they're going to they're gonna go and go with Hill. You know, he's been there, you know, easy plug and play. But I think it's going to be a different dynamic this summer where those two are out there uh, competing. And it's just tough to overlook uh, Winston's statistical body of work since coming into the league. I know everyone talks about the interceptions, the turnovers. I get that. But if yeah. you look at, but if so you just look, from a fantasy perspective, yeah. from a fantasy perspective, he, you know, as I was talking, I'm th- sitting there thinking to myself, mm-hmm. you better, you know, sometimes you're too smart for your own good, and you overlook a guy who has top five potential. Mm-hmm. And in that offense, if it is Jameis, he has top five potential. Um, I, 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 I classically, I think I mentioned it in our first pod. 
-hmm. I classically didn't draft much of Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas the last two years because yeah. they were both there. And I thought that, you know what, having both of them there, neither, you know, it's going to, it's hard for both of them to be first round picks. Yeah. And then each year, one of them got hurt and the other crushed. And I didn't plan for that possibility. So I think similarly with Jameis, it's a high powered offense. Mm -hmm. The more I think about it, I, I think you're right. I think you need to make sure you have some of both. Yeah, exactly. And then just without being constrained by like Drew Brees' arm strength, uh, I think will really come into play because it's been pretty rough the last two seasons of his career. So the one thing about Taysom Hill is he he looked for Michael Thomas. Um, I will if Taysom does win the job, I expect that people will forget that a little bit, and I think that they'll be. I think he'll you know right now Michael Thomas. I I've gotten him in the mid third round in a few drafts. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just auto take him if he's if he's around in the third round, um, you know, guy coming off an injury. Um, anyway, I. Uh, they they did lose a couple guys. They lost Manny Sanders. They lost Jared Cook. They are in they're in cap hell a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we're not doing caps, but uh, that's a team that still has cap issues. Yes. So. Um, but I think Sean Payton is good enough that uh, that that offense will be good no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Um, from a fan perspective, how do you how are you feeling about them? No, I, I feel good. It's uh, I know whenever uh, Drew Brees, you know, linked up with Payton, you know, many years ago. Uh, I know they helped design that offensive scheme, you know, together. And so I'm, I have the utmost confidence that Sean Payton will play to, you know, whoever the starting quarterbacks that strengths are, whether it's Winston or Taysom Hill. And uh, they'll just kind of, you know, pick up right where they right where they left off. So I don't have any concerns. But I'm excited to, to see who will be under center for the, I guess, the next chapter of uh, Sean Payton's career in uh, New Orleans. Yep. I um, – let's talk about the Bucks. And they just are bringing the band back together. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, it hurts Godwin, and it hurt. You know, I think the the only guy that I'm really drafting right now on that team is Tom Brady, because mm -hmm. I think his ADP because he's older. Mm -hmm. um, he's going. Let me look. It's probably a nice value. He's going off as the twelfth quarterback off the board, yeah. so um, you know he's at the end of that quarterback run, right ahead of um, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, mm -hmm. uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Matt Ryan. Yeah. And uh, sorry, someone's blowing up my texts. Oh yeah, yeah, no worries. And you know, it's just not the. Yeah, but it, it seems like that's a nice value for, uh, you know, for Tom Brady. And to your point, you know, Todd, you know, they're bringing the band back together. I think the Godwin move makes sense. Uh, I know he dealt with uh, several injuries last season and missed four games. But, you know, led the Buccaneers with 232 receiving yards and a touchdown in the postseason. And then with Gronk, you know, everybody knows, like, the report that 
that Gronk and, and Tom Brady have, you know, that they've had for a while. And I think we saw that in the Super Bowl, you know, with those two touchdown receptions and just, you know, slinging it back and forth. So, yeah, I haven't drafted Gronk yet, but, you know, that, that second year back, you know, I think it's in the realm of possibility that he plays better the second year back than he did the first. He missed yeah. a full year at an older age. Right mm-hmm. now, he's going off as the 20th tight end. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that that's uh, pretty interesting. And uh, the next team, they went out and got the only wide receiver dustier than Larry Fitzgerald, uh, A.J. Green. Uh, they lost Kenyon Drake. Uh, the guy that I'm starting to draft, and I probably should keep my mouth shut, but um, they haven't even been linked to any running back so far. Um, uh, is Eno Benjamin? I mean, he, you know, I got him in the 28th round, 27th round. <laughs> so yes. you agree? Yes, yes. Took the words out of my mouth, Todd. Took them out. Took them out. <laughs> so don't, uh, I don't think Eno's any good. And I don't think you should draft him in the drafts that I'm in. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm right there with you because I was like, I was like, say Eno Benjamin, say Eno Benjamin, and you did. So, yeah, I I, I love Eno Benjamin. I, I've loved this guy since um, you know watching him in college. So I think what's interesting, and I'll dive a little little deep on this, but not too deep down the rabbit hole, just so people that are listening or watching, you know, will understand. I'm like, you look at you look at Edmonds. I'm like, he was tremendous in his limited usage uh, last season. Um, but I'm like the one game, remember, I think it was against Miami where they wanted to give him bell cow usage. I, I guess, as they say, he, he will say he wet the bed on that game. Did yeah, not, he he, he yeah. did good the year before when they mm-hmm. bell cowed him that one game, yeah. but look, he's a small guy. You know, I, I find it hard to believe they're just going to, you know, make him a, a bell cow. No, um, I, I think, think they so. like, I think they like, you know, Mm-hmm. And again, they could bring in a back during the draft, uh, but Eno's free. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, literally, la- my last pick, I took Kiki Kute because I already had seven running backs, mm-hmm. and I'm staring at Eno, going, "I know I should be taking more Eno right now," yeah. because um, you know, he, I, I, he's one of those guys. I think would not surprise me if we get through the draft and and they don't draft anyone early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's going to start going 12th, 13th round, Eno Benjamin. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we're looking at a committee, so I doubt they'll use Edmonds as a bell cow, but everyone just, they, they just have to remember about what he was able to accomplish at uh, Arizona State. I'm like, first player in Arizona State history to have a 1,000 more rushing yards in consecutive seasons uh, since Freddie Williams uh, from 74 to 75. Uh, guy finished top 10 in rushing yards, touchdowns, attempts, 100-yard games. When when Frank Kuhn was the, co- the coach at Arizona State. They were undefeated, I think, in 74. Not sure. I'll have to lean on you on that one. But it's just like like he, he's got records you know, at the school, and he's got a really high uh, dominated rating, too, for those that follow that metric. Uh, was really good nationally when you look at missed tackles uh, during the 2019 regular season. He ranked 10th. And so uh, excelled at yards after contact. So I think to your point, this is a guy that is being like overlooked. So I'll tell you this. I don't know if you agree with me here. It 
it's possible that I'm like, he has more fantasy points at the end of this year than Chase Edmonds. It's, it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah. I, I think that there's a certain type of back that's very effective in the run and shoot, you know, the, not the run and shoot. What do they call the yeah, air raid air raid? Yeah. Um, it was not 1974. It was 1975 with Frank Cush as ah. uh, not Kuhn, as coach. They were 12 and 0. And they were known for the, the most famous guy on that team was John Jefferson of the Chargers, <laughs> who uh, might have been, an, might be an all pro. I mean, a uh, Hall of Famer. Let me see. John Jefferson. I'm trying to think about him. Um, Four-time Pro Bowl, two-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, uh, two-time NFL receiving touchdown leader. So, uh, no, it does not look like he's a Hall of Famer, but he was a really good wide receiver. Um, all right. So, I, as I often do, I old guy digress. Uh, Seattle brought back Chris Carson. Um, yeah. That takes a shot at my uh, Rashad Penny shares. Oh. But he's cheap enough that I don't think it'll matter. Um, the signing that really interests me here is Gerald Everett. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, got, I've got an opinion. You want to go first? No. Okay. Yeah, I would, I, I'm just thinking about the, the tight end production that the Seahawks had like last year. And it was a cluster because you had like Greg Olson, you had um, uh, uh, Will Disley. Hollister just signed somewhere else. Yeah. And then you got Disley. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy. If you combine like all that, uh, that tight end production, all three of them into one, not, not bad for a, uh, you know, for a fantasy tight end. I'll say my biggest concern. I love Everett as a player. Uh, it's just he's he's kind of in a similar situation for where he's got uh, like, like he was in uh, L.A., you know, where he's going to be splitting opportunities with uh, Disley. So I like him as a player. I just think he may be one of those uh, one of those tight ends that can be really volatile. But I, I think he's going to have some really big games. Yep, And you can see that his ADP has started to move off of the signing. Um, yeah. And it could it could go uh, Wiley Coyote, as I like to call it, <laughs> where. People get so enthused that they take the value off the cliff of value. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Wilson does throw to the tight ends. Yes. And, um, you know, but there is still a question if he's going to be there. But supposedly they turned down three first-round picks, a third-round pick, Um it's going to be really hard if that's the price. It's going to be really hard for anybody to get Russell Wilson. Yeah, I agree with you there. I just don't think um, it's they, going to well. Happen. They wanted a quarterback, right? So here's the dilemma: the team that really could make a move for uh, Russell Wilson is the Jets. Yeah, uh, you know they've got the second pick and they've got Sam Darnold. Uh, Darnold being a USC guy, supposedly Pete Carroll likes him. I would love to see Sam Darnold in, in Seattle. I think, you know, run and then throw the deep ball. I, I think that would really do, you know, fit Sam Darnold's skill set. And as a, a latent New York Jet fan, I've always rooted for them since my first year watching football. They won the Super Bowl in 1969 with Joe Namath. Um, I would love to see Russell Wilson as a Jet. I think yeah. I think that would be really nice. Yeah, All right. Yeah. 
what what's wrong with the Raiders? I I know the answer, but I want you to tell me. <laughs> uh, what what's not wrong with the Raiders? It's uh, I would say they're not they're not using using their brain. You know, you want to go up to Gruden and say, use your brain, Gruden, use your brain, because. Uh, you know, adding Kenyon Drake, we got Josh Jacobs as there. It's kind of the scenario where each one is going to cannibalize each other's value. But what really had me scratching my head was that the two don't really complement each other well. It's not like, oh, Kenyon Drake's an excellent receiver. He can complement Josh Jacobs. It's like they're essentially kind of the same player. So it's really a head scratcher. And isn't yeah. Jalen Richard still there? Exactly. I was gonna that's another point I was thinking. He is still there. So uh, it's just not 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 ideal for fantasy. Again, it's one of those scenarios. If you're like, ooh, looking at Josh Jacobs, are you looking at Kenyon Drake? Just take the cheaper option, which I think at ADP, it's most likely going to be Kenyon Drake. So. I was not uh, big on Josh Jacobs last year at ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the beginning, and then yeah. I kind of – because uh, Mayock came out and said they want to throw the ball to him more, and then Gruden basically said no, <laughs> and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I They took him off the field for uh, Devontae Booker. Now they brought in Kenyon Drake. Um, I, I, you know, for me, yeah. Josh Jacobs, he, you know, and they and w- worse is they, they just gave up the, the best part of their team, their offensive line. They just started cutting and yeah. trading uh, players. Uh, I mean, it's been a disaster since Gruden got there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he just he wasn't good when he got full control in Tampa Bay uh, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, and all our fears about what might happen, um, or as I used to like to say about Mike Holmgren, is uh, Mike Holmgren, the general manager, got Mike Holmgren, the coach, fired. Eventually, <laughs> no matter how how much money Mark Davis is going to own owe him. Um, I, it's got to start sinking in that this isn't the guy to run your franchise. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, I do like uh, the John Brown sign. I do too. With bringing him on, uh, you know, he brings like that playmaking ability that really the Raiders just didn't have last year. You know, looking at some of their stats, I'm like, you know, the Raiders only scored like eight more passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns last year. And so they're just receivers. They were unable to break away for those long touchdowns, you know, leading to the team having to say, hey, we got to go with the running game here to make it happen. And so I think of Brown, you know, gives them a vertical threat, you know, take the top uh, off of coverage uh, and, and just really allow the other receivers to run more freely. So definitely a good thing for Henry Ruggs, you know, Brian Edwards. Uh, and it could also even open up uh, the running game as well, just for large gains on like inside zone runs. So I really like the move. Yeah. So, um, Back to him, uh, to Mr. Ruggs. Mm-hmm. I I think that he. I'm looking up his ADP right now. He's like dirt cheap. Oh yeah, uh, he's 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 right around pick two hundred. Yeah, and um, you know I I know he's disappointed compared. You know it was dumb that they took him over uh, Jefferson and some of the other wide receivers. Yeah, but he was hurt, and he did flash. So it'll be, you know, I think he's a guy that I, you know, I think I would take rugs over John Brown, honestly. No, I'll, um, I would too. I, 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 you know, if they're at about the same ADP, and I think they might be uh, once this all settles out. Let me take a quick yeah. look at that. Rugs, John Brown. Yeah, it's one of those you want to go with the go with the younger guy. It's funny while you're looking that up because it's uh, you're going you're to like this one. It looks oh. like a fish. 
<laughs> if, if you know the biblical fish. Yeah, no, I've done exactly. I'm, uh, I it kind of looks like it kind of looks like that. <laughs> wow, you see it? I, I do. Yeah, it. You know, so John Brown's ADP is spiking up. Rugs is spiking down. Um, if that continues, I mean, to get Henry Rugs right now, he's at pick two hundred. I mean, someone's got to catch passes there, and he's the first yeah. round pick. Um. I think that that's a pretty interesting one. Yeah, no, I do. I agree. All right. Uh, let's go over to the, uh, I almost said the Clippers, the Chargers. <laughs> uh, they let Hunter Henry go, replaced him with Jared Cook. Uh, everyone is crying that Do uh, Donald Parham season is over. Um, it looks like they franchised Mike Williams. Yes. Uh do you agree with the decision to keep Williams over Hunter Henry? Uh, I, I do. Yeah, I, I do. Just given Hunter Henry's uh, injury situation uh, with Mike Williams having Keenan Allen, I, I like the move. To your point, it's like the signing of Jared Cook does shut down the Donald Parham uh, breakout season party. But I think on the flip side, it really speaks volumes about the confidence that the Chargers actually have in Parham. Maybe they're like, hey, Hey, this guy's you know phenomenal in spurts, but do we really want to have this guy be an every down tight end? And so I, I'm okay with, with both of those moves that they have, but having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh, for uh, Justin Herbert to throw to is uh, is optimal. And it's just yeah. a you know short. He's a short term solution, so I, I think it it just helps that continuity. So here's something that I've been doing. Yeah, you'll see it here in a second. I'll pull it up. Hopefully this isn't too distracting when I do it, but I I really think that it's good to show these uh, screenshots. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So you notice anything right around here? 23%. Tyron Johnson. We talked about that last time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I'm a really, really high on uh, on Johnson. Yeah, from your article. So um, I'm drafting them together. There's, <laughs> it's not a surprise that 23% I have because I'm drafting them in like the 25th and 26th round back to back. I really think one of those guys is going to do it. Yeah, no, they're they're great number number three options. Uh, and, and then just and, who knows what Williams happens. gets hurt, which he always exactly. seems to. Yeah, you know, even if you get four or five weeks, one of them goes off. Uh, Miami, um, they were talking to uh, about Chris Carson about you know there's a lot of smoke about them getting a back, but they haven't. Yeah. Um, and they got a great deal on Will Fuller. But mm. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big of Will Fuller guy as there is out there. But I don't know if Tua is, you know, what is, I think it's a ding for Fuller. Yeah, no, I think we're aligned there because I'm not a big fan of the signing. You know, Fuller goes from catching passes from Deshaun Watson uh, to Will Fuller. Yeah. I mean, not to Will Fuller, to uh, Tua. You know what I meant. You know, yeah. and so he's going to 
essentially, I think he's going to regress to being uh, like what he was before, a very volatile fantasy option, really dependent on big plays and like touchdowns. So I which, don't like it. Which, which at pick a hundred, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to take him in the ninth round. Yeah, as my third or fourth wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his ADP was already. Uh, you know, really bad for what he showed last year before uh, the suspension. Yes. And now he's heading right toward pick 100. Um, are you interested in, in him that late in best ball where you don't have to choose to start him on a given week? No, it, it takes away, like, well, some of the volatility. Like, at that stage of the draft, I'm like, you can embrace uh, that volatility and survive at that point. I'm just, I'm just afraid that um, – I'm just afraid that his ADP will end up rising. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I just it, it, initially it's dropped on the news, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, if he catches a long bomb in preseason from Tua, he'll go through the roof. Yeah, people realize what they might be missing. San Francisco didn't sign any skill players, but they re-signed the guy who might be the best left tackle in the league. Mm-hmm. And they got a, a, a very, very good veteran center in Mac. They've yes. already been a great running offense. Jeff Wilson, uh, Zach Kruger was on talking about uh, Jeff Wilson last week. Mostert's ADP is is pretty low also. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to start getting pieces of that running game. Yeah. Now, but I, like, I like the signings. Anytime that you can uh... – strengthen or fortify like an offensive line like that bodes well for the offense you for the quarterback from a protection lens uh with the running game too with being able to open up holes you know for them to run through and so we all know about how uh, prolific um san francisco's running game is and so hey good move uh the jaguars marvin jones uh carlos hyde and dorsett um i know that urban meyer is supposed to be a genius but (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not really like really going to move the needle for fantasy. I just think they brought Marvin Jones in just with that young group of receivers just to have a veteran presence that's there. I know Jones set like a career high last season with seventy six receptions, but. I'm like you're essentially looking at Jones as like a like a low end wide receiver three. I'm like that's pretty much what he's been over the last two seasons. Uh, his numbers are going to take a hit just with all the receiving weapons that they have, uh, and also think that they're going to continue to be committed to James Robinson like in the running game. Uh, and so I kind of view Jones as like a high end wide receiver four. You know, if you want to go there, Philip Dorsett. I'm just like, it's kind of hard to get excited, you know, about him. <laughs> he's, he's he's not really on the fantasy radar for me. And then Carlos Hyde, I'm like, I'm still amazed that Hyde still when gets paid. Him, he's been like, like a journeyman. even an NFL player. Yeah. Why is he getting taken in a signing on like day two of, of free agency? It was, that was, that was one, that was a double take. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think on the, on the flip side with the, with the Hyde signing, though, it, it really gives you more confidence in James Robinson. That's what it does for me. So, um, you know, a few years ago, there was a show, Everyone Hates Chris. Um, I feel like that's Andy Dalton. And, you know, Andy Dalton isn't the high end quarterback that you might have wanted. He certainly didn't look very good in Dallas last year. 
but um, it, it, it's an odd signing. But you know, Ryan Pace has done nothing but bad things, and mm-hmm. somehow kept his job. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we said it last year about Nick Foles, but I I gotta say it again. I think Andy Dalton's an upgrade at quarterback. Yeah, I'm like Dalton's had his moments, uh, you know, in Cincinnati. I'm like he's had some big fantasy games and. I think he could do it again in 2021. I'm like, if you look at who he has to throw to, he's got Allen Robinson, you know, he's got uh, Darnell Mooney, and he's got uh, Cole Kemet, you know, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, you know, at, uh, at tight end. So he, he does have some weapons. But on the flip side, just given Dalton's age, I'd be really surprised, like, if Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy, you know, don't trade up in the draft to acquire a, a quarterback. But it's odd because, I'm like, they're on the hot seat. Their job's on the line, but they're essentially in bed with Andy Dalton, so we'll see what happens. I mean, look, they did their best to get Russell Wilson before yeah. they signed Dalton. I, I got to give them credit for trying. Yeah. Um, I like Cole Komet a lot. I know yeah. that they have kind of a tight end fetish, but mm-hmm. Komet looked really good for a rookie um, tight end, and his ADP right now is 132. I, I he's my he's tied with Evan Ingram for me as my second highest owned tight end and Janu's my highest. Nice. Um, I was tr- I was buying on the fact that Janu was a you know the uncertainty over Janu, mm-hmm. and um, and then I was like yes I win and then a day later I'm like not so fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say like going back to Dalton I'm like in, in best ball I'm like he's. He's not a bad QB three option, uh, you know, in drafts. I'm like, he's going to have some big games, right? You would think. Um, the Titans lose Janu and Corey Davis both. I mean, I don't get letting both of them go. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are talking about AJ Brown 140 receptions, but boy, I don't know. They 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 are they're a very conservative team. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked that they run out some names that we barely know and throw in the ball. I, li- I like A.J. Brown, but if his ADP starts being in the mid-second round, I- I'm not going to be that interested. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, just with that with that news, like to your point, I'm like people are going to set their sights on his ADP is going to uh, going to spike up, and you'll see a lot of targets. But I can't stress enough; it helps to have another receiver there to take some of the de- defensive heat away. I'm like, it, it helps. And so I think Corey Davis was able to provide that last year with the season that he had. So I'm curious to see who the Titans add, uh, you know, to their group of receivers. So, yeah, you could see a first round uh, wide receiver. Um, yeah. Or at least second. So mm-hmm. here's AJ Brown's ADP. Um, again, it's a small sample size from three, eight to three nineteen. Yeah. Uh, but you have seen him slowly inch up uh, right to the, you know, right to uh, into the second round. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in yeah. and now he's kind of drifting back towards the end of the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I, I got to think about that one some more. He, he's 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 certainly got the talent. And but I, I just don't like when people assume you know, well, Corey Davis and John who left, so he's going to get a ton of targets. I, I don't know that I like that assumption. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You're right because you you've got to look at, at both sides of the coin. And, and to your point, you, you can't make you can't make assumptions 
And so it did something that the factor in for where, hey, maybe I shouldn't draft this guy so high. Like, who knows? I mean, he could end up being like drafted in the back end of the uh, of the first round. Who knows what's going to happen with this ADP once everyone really takes in this news? And so definitely too rich for my blood at that point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I don't want to have zero of any talented player, uh, but him and Jefferson in the second round, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with. Um, Theon didn't die last time yeah. I checked. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't die. Um, mm-hmm. I like Jefferson a lot, but you know, I I, I just hmm, that's tough. Um, mm-hmm. There's really not much else, you know. I mean, Detroit brought in Terrell Williams and Perriman, but with Jared Goff, um, we've seen Swift's ADP go to like two four two five. Um, and then they brought in Jamal Williams too. Your thoughts on Detroit, but I mean, to me, that team looks like a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah, it does. Cause, uh, you got Tyrell Williams there wanted to reunite with uh, Anthony Lynn. So he was able to do that. And, uh, whenever Anthony Lynn was in, uh, I want to say San Diego, but Los Angeles, he, uh, he had, you know, two productive seasons. And so, you know, he re he reunites with him in uh, Detroit and then you bring in, um, you know, Brashad Behrman. Which helps because, as we found out, Williams isn't really suited to be like the number one guy. But it, it, you just, it's hard to get excited about those two receivers. Uh, I'm not overly concerned about the uh, addition of uh, Jamal Williams uh, on DeAndre Swift's uh, fantasy value. I, I think it's actually good because I'm like I think they can play off of each other well. And he he showed last year he can be very productive with you know 16 opportunities a game. And so I think that's a good thing. He'll stay fresher, you know, longer and, and not get worn down from that workload because not all backs can, can handle that type of a workload. So I, it's a pretty simple situation. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not against Swift. Um, my first draft of the year, I got him at the end of the second round. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was stealing. It turns out that I was right. Um, here's my thoughts is that Dan Campbell, everyone is so focused on the Neanderthal part of Dan Campbell you know, biting the kneecaps and, you know, Cro-Magnon man. And, yeah. But he did talk about uh, using Swift a lot. So even a mild uptick over what he was doing last year, um, I think the comp you got to think about is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, you know, Dan Campbell, was, Dan Campbell was in New Orleans. He saw yeah. what Alvin Kamara could do. And, um, and Swift has a lot of the same skill set. Um, yes. I was surprised at how good he ran between the tackles and watching his tape when he was coming out. That was my question. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I think he answered those questions that he could be a three down back if he had to be. Um, I don't think they'll use him like that. But as you said, I think he's explosive enough to where um, as long as he gets, you know, as long I mean, last year the coaching was so bad. You know, yeah. running Adrian Peterson out there, you know, uh, uh, instead of Swift. That Finally, toward the end, they gave Swift the ball more. But mm-hmm. um, I got to figure that he he has uh, Alvin Kamara-type usage in him. Yeah, get, get him out in space, you know, get him some targets. I think he'll be much more effective that way. I'm not saying he can't run between the tackles, but I'd love to see a guy like that get, uh, you know, four or five receptions a game. Let's see what he can do with it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like six or seven. I'm good with that too. It's just you like know, he's, he's uh, dangerous. I mean, Jared, the, but the big question is just how bad is that overall offense going to be? 
Yeah. Um, and, and the answer could be, I mean, Jared Goff was bad with Sean McVay the last two mm-hmm. years. Yes. Um, what's he going to be like in just an average offense? Um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I'm not drafting Jared Goff as even my third quarterback. Yeah. I would rather take a chance on a Cam Newton or someone uh, like that. Uh, Perriman, hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, the last team that uh, we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to we, we kind of started at the top and worked our way mm-hmm. to the bottom. Um, the Houston Texans, um, <laughs> they re, they resign, they they they, um, they redo David Johnson's contract mm-hmm. and then they bring again the dustiest running back, you know, Mark Ingram to go with David Johnson on a rebuilding team. That signing made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's a tough uh, running back by committee that's there. You got Mark Ingram that's coming in, coming off a career worst season in Baltimore, just essentially fell out of the rotation last year. David Johnson, uh, I, I think the key thing that he had going for him last year was, was volume, and so they're really going to cannibalize again each other's uh, value. Uh, I would say one player I'm kind of intrigued by but it comes down to the Sean Watson. What's going to happen there is uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I guess his acquisition implies that, okay, we're going to trade Deshaun Watson. This is our insurance policy. But I just think back to, to 2017 with uh, Tyrod Taylor for where, you know, he led that Bills team to a playoff berth and uh, he finishes a QB one in fantasy in 47% of his games, you know, average like 17 fantasy points per game that season. And so if he does open the season as a starter, I'm like, he could be a, a matchup-based streamer, you know, once the season opens. And, again, if you're in best ball, you know, if you land him as like a QB3 or QB4, I'm like, he could have a nice return on investment. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go there myself. I, you know, even if Watson is out, the offense is so bad. And, yeah. you know, as you get older, the ability to, you know, what really, you know, his running floor I just wasn't that impressed um, with him. In I know he didn't have much time in San Diego, but yeah. didn't he go somewhere else after he left Buffalo too? It was uh, in, in Cleveland with the yeah. Browns. And, and he didn't do much there, and they had to replace him after a few games. He's yeah. not a young guy anymore. I would, rather, I, think. Take, I, I would rather take a chance on Justin Fields, yeah. um, a Trey Lance, um, I, I am not a huge fan of um, – I, I I just – for me, I, you know, if, if if I lose because Tyrod Taylor beats me in a best ball, you know, <laughs> congratulations, you know, you, you beat me. Um, but, um, you know, but that's why we talk about it, right? Um, you know, I guarantee you as we go along, you'll convince me on some guys, and I think I hopefully will convince you on some as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I've been doing this thing, and I'm just going to show it. I've been working on this thing. Let's see if I have it on here. I need to do more work with it. But uh, rather than us just uh, closing out, I wanted to get some of your thoughts. Because FFPC is... You know, we got a little extra time and uh, the run that we're seeing 
two to three. Well, let me let me show you. So here is the form. And basically, what we have here is you see where it says Lamar Jackson? Yes. All right. So this is the QB1. This is the year. So 2017, 18, 19, 20 in FFPC. How many drafts each guy was drafted in? Mm-hmm. Um, and what 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 their ADP was. Okay, both the, the first quarterback off the board. Um, that's how it's sorted. And mm-hmm. then you can see what the uh, the actual round their ADP was. So last year, Lamar's was 2.0. Mahomes um, in 19 was going off the board on average at 2.6. Rogers at 3.9. So you get that, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then over here, you see the winning percentage. And you see what we tell people every year, Eric, don't draft the first quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just terrible. But then you look over at Patrick Mahomes uh, over here. This is t- this year's ADP. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is analyze um, because we're going uh, so much faster. Uh, let's go down number two. You know, two point two five 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 three three seven three one. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see Kyler's going off at three six where you could get the third quarterback in years past from 4-8 to 6-0. 3-9 for Lamar, 5-6 to 6. So you, you get the idea here. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks are going off early. Um, and you can see where the value is every year is in the number six quarterback most years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson one year. Matt Ryan one year, Drew Brees one year, all had very good win percentages. But Justin Herbert's going at 4-8 rather than the middle of the seventh round. Yeah. Or the middle of the sixth round. So it's giving you quite a dilemma. Uh, And it goes all the way through. I mean, it's not just, you know, go down to Trevor Lawrence, the 15th guy off the board in the seventh round instead of the mid-ninth or the tenth. So I've been really mm-hmm. trying to study this to come up with how I want to handle these runs. Then on this side, I took each quarterback by year, and you could see their win mm-hmm. percentage by year, 2017, 18, 19, and 20, what round they were drafted mm-hmm. in. So I'm going to be studying this a little more. If you guys are following this and you'd like to see me kind of do a pod on this, I could do it, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. Some guys just, you know, like Kyler. Kyler, in the FFPC at least, where he was going earlier than some other sites, you know, had, a, a you know, as good a year as he had, he had a 9.9 win percentage, which isn't bad. Yeah. 8.4 is completely average year one. And then over here, you see where he's going now. So now you have to pay three six for a guy who gave you a ten win percentage at five four. It, it's it's a bit of a dilemma. Now that is interesting. Just kind of looking, uh, like I was even eyeing like Josh Allen, just to see where you know where he was going last year. He was able to kind of outperform. Well, and that's the thing. Think. The guy who has the biggest win percentage. Let me pull it back up for yeah. you. Yeah.
the guy who has the biggest win percentage most years is is the guys you know this is the sweet spot the, yeah. the you know the, the fifth QB off the board the sixth QB off the board Josh Allen was the seventh QB off the board at seven five now you look at Josh Allen over here and year one he had a seven point five win percentage uh, but I don't think he played all you know the whole year. Um, he de- and it, and he didn't get drafted a, a ton, 8.8 and then 16.9, but he's going at 3-1 where he was at 7-5 last year. Mm-hmm. So typically that's the guy I tend to avoid because they tend to regress yeah, after exactly. a big year. And if they regress 10%, but their ADP goes up 50%, that, that's typically the guy that I want to be even or underweight on. Mm-hmm. A surprising guy is Kirk Cousins. You know, we don't think of Kirk as this great quarterback, but he's never had a you know a losing percentage. And last year he gave you eleven percent win rate in the twelfth round. Yeah. He's going in the eighth, but he was he was the seventeenth quarterback off the board last year, and this year he is the seventeenth quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's why I put – what do you think of uh, the way I laid this out? No, I, I like it because I, I do agree with your point of where those kind of middle round, like, quarterbacks are the ones that can kind of elevate themselves to, you know, top four, you know, status. Uh, no, I'm, I'm all about that. No, I like that. I would like to dive into that, like, a little bit more. And that all could right. be a really good pod, uh, a pod episode. But yeah, yeah, it's all about just trying to find quarterbacks or just other fantasy assets that can uh, outperform their uh, their ADP, and it's risky, well, you know, with taking some of those uh, early round guys, you know, like well, like the, the next part of this is, you know, what goes up must come down, is the old saying. Yeah, uh, who who's dropping? What positions are dropping? I believe it's tight end, mm-hmm. and in a one point five PPR, um, I can't do it. You know, right? I haven't. I I need to add to the form, but I want to do a little more research on who's dropping. And I think if you, I think the way to play it is. So some people say, well, you know, historically, late round QB wins, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take quarterbacks in the ninth and tenth and eleventh round, like I always have. Well, you know, in the ninth and tenth, and okay, now I got to get back up again. Yeah, but but in best ball, I'm like it's it, it's it's different, you know. To no, no, point. I mean in best ball, you want you 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 know you, you, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. But if you look at like here, quarterback 19 has had pretty good win percentages, mm-hmm. right? Uh, quarterback 16 has had really good win percentages. So if you took Matt Ryan in mm-hmm. 2018, if you nailed that guy. Uh, or Dak in 2019, and you mixed him with one of these guys, you know, you did really well for yourself. But the problem is, if you wait to the ninth round this year, you're not getting, um, you're not get, you know, in the ninth round this year, you're not getting uh, the 15th or the 14th guy off the board. You're getting the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd guy. So yeah. I, I think the assumption 
that you are going to um, just wait and draft them when you always did is a losing proposition. I think mm-hmm. drafting them really early could be a losing proposition too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the key is that to find where the value is dropping and then come up with a plan where you're, you're not getting, you know, you're not just letting the QB run, you know, go so far behind that you're not, you're lousy at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're taking a guy who uh, is, you know, you're, you're still taking some of the advantage. So what I tend to try and do is take a quarterback and then take a value, take a quarterback and then scoop a value. Um, that's what, that's what I've been doing so far. And a couple of times I've taken two early quarterbacks and then just waited till like round 17 and taken a Cam Newton mm-hmm. for my third. Um, but it's a dilemma when, whenever, you know, every year the ADP changes according to what happened the year before. Mm-hmm. And the exactly. people who are best, who take the time to study the changes, because if you just go off of historical data, the historical data is going to mislead you. If you use the Rotoviz tool, uh, the 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 Rotoviz Explorer. Well, if you got drafted a guy at your co- your first quarterback in this round, mm-hmm. um, you you had this winning percentage. Well, you know that that information is based on four years when they weren't going two rounds earlier. Mm-hmm. So it could lead you astray. I don't know if I made any sense with all that, but uh, it's a conundrum. Yeah, but it's still it's still worth kind of understanding, you know, that dynamic, especially if you're trying to figure out which quarterbacks to to target. Yeah, I would say let's dive a little bit deeper into it. That's yeah. good. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pull up some some information on who's you know who's if quarterbacks are up two or three rounds, uh, mm-hmm. other things have fallen. So yeah. where is the value? Where can you you know where can and and how can you adjust? So I'm going to try and do that, guys. I think that's pretty much it, uh, Eric. Uh, any final thoughts? No, I'm just curious to see uh, where where Kenny Galladay lands. I'm sure we'll probably hear something tomorrow. I think he's staying overnight in uh, the uh, New York area. He did that. that he did that last night. Oh, okay. I thought he was staying overnight Is he tonight. Still as there? Well. I, I, don't I think know. he's still there. Yeah. So that could easily be a deal that uh, that that goes down, but no, it's just just exciting, you know, free agency going on, you know, analysis to be to be had, and then we got the draft coming up. But um, yeah, that's all that I really wanted to add. I felt like it was a good conversation, good show, and just hit us up on Twitter, you know, if anyone has any questions. There is a signing that we missed while we were on. It's a running back. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Philip Lindsay, guess where he landed. Ooh, um, it's one the of the teams that we finished with. God, I'm trying to think back what we we're talking about. Oh, the te- just, it was just... the Texans. Oh, gosh. <laughs> poor Philip Lindsay. Poor guy. Poor guy. Oh, I'd love to see him land somewhere else. But, yeah, that that's unfortunate. I'll tell you, he's... I'm going to be interested in him with Mark yeah. Ingram and David Johnson. If he stays mm-hmm. in the double-digit mid double digit bounds. Oh yeah, definitely. He's, he he you know DJ keeps and and Ingram are older, they could get dinged up. Um Philip Lindsay is a talented guy. I I just feel bad that he ended up it it's such a it's such a wasteland. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, he was able to get out of uh, get out of Denver, obviously, but not not an ideal uh, situation. So, no. We'll Would have liked to have seen him go to the Jets. Yeah, that that's that's where I was. I was I was crossing my fingers, saying, "Please say Jets," because I'm like they could really use him there because they don't have many running back options. But you know, it wasn't meant to be. Nope. All right, that's going to do it for this show, folks. Thank you very much. I want to thank our friends over at the FFPC. We've been using the FFPC tools. I want to thank my friends at Rotoviz um, because um, the tools that I was showing you are Mike Beer's great tools. Uh, Rotoviz is a great value. They're not a paid sponsor in any way. Um, and um, and I would recommend the FFPC regardless as well. So uh, go to www.myffpc.com, uh, sign up today and uh, get in there and uh, challenge me and say hello when you do. Uh, and that's going to do it, Eric. I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. And thank you so much. Absolutely. No, thank you. Everyone have a good week. Until right. next time. All right. Till next time.